Welcome everyone to the Road Trip Show with Diedrich. Yes, it's nice and cold this morning here in Pretoria. And Diedrich, I suppose it's a little bit colder there in Joburg than it's here with us we, in Pretoria. Morning, yeah, no, we're hitting the single digits now. Last night I was coming back and uh, my car thermometer gave me an eight degrees on the highway coming back last night. It's about eight o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever it was. And we've been predicted at two degrees this morning. Um, oh, I, I've lovely. not gone out. I've not gone outside to go and check that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we we yeah, were. I think, busy I think we're on our last. Yeah, we're on. We're on our last little bit of, of the historical side of Kruger. We've got sort of the main section of the southern part of the park. Just to quickly cover, we came down the eastern or the the, the eastern boundary. Last time with Harry Voliter and his lions and, you know, it's spoke yes. about the traders and the old Fort Trekker road that you can still drive on the road that goes from Pretorius Corp through down to Afsal that covers where Jock of the Bushveld was. And, yes. you know, it's a, and the one interesting part, thing on the Fort Trekker road as well is when you're driving on it, you'll come to a section where you see a big fence like a big fence line on it, and it's a bit. You're in the middle of the park, but that was the that's the quarantine camp. And the interesting part about that is that's where the white rhino were released from, because white rhino were extinct in the park until the 1960s. And after a huge conservation effort down in KwaZulu Natal in the Tshuluwe Umfalosi Park, that was like the last stronghold of the white rhino. They brought. They brought some rhino in, they put them into the quarantine camp there and released them from there. And then later on, a second bench were brought in to keep the genetic pool going properly. And yes. uh, that's why the southern section of the park has got the highest population of rhino, because that's where they were released from. And it's quite a, it was a hell of a success story in that the white rhino is one of the few large mammals ever to have been taken off the endangered species list. It's, however, back on it now again because of the poaching issues. But yeah. the cooperation with... Oh, I know there's a lot of poaching going on. Yeah, I know. Look at that. As far as I'm concerned, it's not hard to put it together. I mean, you've got huge Chinese influence in Mozambique at the moment. The Chinese are the main conduit for rhino horn. So you've got this huge Chinese influence. The Chinese are building infrastructure <laughs> all over Mozambique. So you've got the Chinese just over the border. You've got herds of people with no money. And it's like, horn. You, you pay the guy, you know, <laughs> you pay the guy a couple of hundred dollars and you say, he has an AK-47, go fetch me rhino. You know, the guy leaps the fence, walks into crew, yeah. shoots a rhino, cuts the horn, jumps the fence again, comes back, he gets paid a hundred or two hundred dollars. The middleman takes it and sends it off. He gets paid a couple of thousand dollars and the end guy earns a couple of hundred thousand dollars. You know, just like yeah. with anything. The, the monetary value is what drives it. You know, that's, that, that instant riches is what, what drives the kind of trade. And I've never understood why the parks don't release the stockpiles of horn that they've got and they make it into a legal trade. As soon as you make it a legal trade, the, the value of it drops and then that incentive for. Yeah. Well, that that, that, that quick, quick riches yeah. thing disappears. So, yeah, and it's 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 ivory, it's rhino horn. It's the same as drugs. You know, take the monetary value of drugs, and then the drug trade disappears. 
people do stuff for big money, and that's what the rhino horn stuff is doing. But anyway, we're, not, we're not here to talk about rhino horns and stuff on what? on road trip. <laughs> yeah, well, while you're on that, <laughs> while you're on that point, I just want to tell the people about our other channel that we have, the Valid Perspectives, and yeah, we mentioned some of this stuff on that channel. So please go listen to Valid Perspectives. It's quite interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. So let's carry on with the, the road trip. <laughs> yeah. So the southern section of Kruger, you know, we've got like the, the northwestern corner of that bottom section of Kruger to run through. And actually, then if you, if you carry on the main tar road up from Malalan up through to Skuza, there's a, oh, a camp there that was a um, Kruger Park camp at one stage. It's now become a private camp in the Jock of the Bushveld camp. Beautiful statue there of Jock oh, yes, um, yes. fighting with a sable antelope. Sable antelope, one of the few, one of the rarities down in that section of the park. You only see sable in two or three parts of Kruger, and that Pretoria Scop area is one of them. It's a particular type of plant growth and trees and type of grass and stuff that um, attract the sable. Beautiful antelope and consider yourself privileged if you ever get to see one. So there's a stunning statue yeah. of, of Jock there. But as you, as you carry on up that tar road off towards your eastern side, there's a lovely network of little dirt roads that you can do. Yeah. And that's the one advantage of the southern side of the park is that there's so many more roads that you can travel, um, compared to the north. Often in the northern part of the park, you've literally got one road or two roads, that's it. Whereas in the southern side, there's a whole spaghetti network of, of small roads. And you can get there, there's a little spot off to the side there, which is called the Stevenson Hamilton Memorial. And it's a lovely little granite outcrop, which is like one of the characteristics of that low felt area. We chatted about the geology of that on, I think it was the, um, the Panorama Route podcast that we did quite a while ago. You know, why the yeah. waterfalls are there and why the Blind River Canyon is there and why the Kruger Park is um, lower than all the rest of it. And, and, and. and one of those copies was um, Stevenson Hamilton's favorite little escape spots. It's not too far from Skakuza. And he used to go there apparently to look for a bit of peace and quiet away from his job. And he goes sit on top of the rocks and look at what he called his Cinderella. And uh, he gave the Kruger Park the nickname his Cinderella because it sort of turned from a from a nothing into a princess. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> and that's a lot. His ashes were scattered on on this little copy. You know, he is an interesting character. He served in the Anglo-Boer War, ending the war as a major. He saw service in the First World War, um, coming back out of there as a lieutenant colonel. And in 1902, he was the guy who was appointed as the game warden of the, the then Sabi Nature Reserve when the British took over the Transvaal after the Second Anglo-Boer War. And uh, he's, he is more or less responsible for the formation of what we now call the Kruger National Park. He died, he died in yes. 1957, so I mean, he had a hell of a run there. From 1902 right through to 1957, he was involved in the park. Yeah, that's a long run. So he oversaw the initial setting up of the park. He oversaw the first tourists coming into the park. He was he was obviously part of the process of the declaration 
of the National Parks Act, which formalized the whole idea of national parks. And there's, there's a little memorial plaque on the copy there, and it's, it's a beautiful spot. Jack, you're allowed to get out of your car and you can walk up the copy. There's obviously one or two stories of people surprising a leopard or something on the path. So uh, <laughs> you've got to, you got to be a little bit careful when you walk up there. Makes me think of your encounter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my <laughs> leopard that wanted to jump in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then as you're heading up towards Kakuza, there's another little spot called Delaporte's Windmill. Again, the name of one of the early rangers. And um, he was a contemporary, as far as I know, of Harry Voliter. But as you go up that tar road, the next stop is Kakuza. But I think we used Kakuza for the, for the last part of this podcast. Because as you're heading up that road from... Um, Malalan to Skakuza, there is the main road that turns off towards east, down towards Numbi Gate and down towards Pretorius Cop. And you got another little memorial in the rocks there forever. They, they love these little copies for, for these memorials. Yeah. They're, they're all over the place. <laughs> and I suppose it makes it stand out. Well, yeah, you know, you, so, you know, when you bolt it onto the rocks and stuff, people are unlikely to grab it and steal it and. <laughs> and it, it is kind of fitting. I mean, that area is full of these little rocky outcrops. And there's a there's a chappy berry there by the name of Joe Ludorf. And again, he was um, part of the commission that established the Kruger Park. And he actually served as chairman of the board of the um, national parks for a, for an awfully long time. Then you're coming down and you, we, we get into Pretorius Corp. Now, I can't really remember if we discussed all the bits in Pretorius Corp, but Pretorius Corp was the first, the very, very first camp that was set up for tourism. So it's a little bit, little bit different in character to, to the more modern camps. There's still two of the ancient little tourist huts that are there. And I mean, if you compare those huts to the ones that are up today, my word. I mean, those yeah. tourists, those tourists were a hardy bunch of people to stay in those huts. It's a tiny little thing, no windows, just a door. It must have been hot and miserable and full of mosquitoes and stuff. But that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good, it's, it's a nice yeah. way. It's a good way to remember, um, exactly what, what's, what these guys actually managed to do for us. But yeah. as you get, get up there or get into the camp, there's a nice little memorial there, and there's another couple at one of the gates that we'll touch on just now, but it's a memorial to the honor- honorary rangers. Now, the honorary rangers is a volunteer organization, and people volunteer their time and some of their resources to actually help look after the park. Mm-hmm. And one of my family members has, has, joined, has joined them, and yeah, you, know, you get put on a duty roster, and you help out in the camp, and you can help out. Maybe you, know, you, you sort of oversee. Maybe you oversee the the staff in the cleaning functions, or you do patrols out to make sure that the general tourists behave themselves. Or you know, you get put on a on a lookout to one of the picnic sites to make sure that everything everything keeps going there. You know, and it's an, it's an, yeah. a bunch of they're an uns, they're sort of the unsung heroes. Of um of the Kruger because they do an awful lot of work in the background, 
that that people don't realize. And I'll, you often see them, you know, the guys, the guys will have a caravan, and I think the only the only advantage they get is I think, I think they don't they, they don't have to pay for their pick for their campsite. That's the only thing that they get out of it. But yes. during busy season, you'll see the guys camp parked in like one of the campsites, and they'll have the little flag flying, and they've got stickers on their cars as honorary ranger, and they help police and control and make sure that the campsite runs properly and that there's no noise and that kind of stuff. So there's a little memorial to them there at the um, at the Pretorius Corp Information Center. And I'd, I'm not sure I'd want to be an honorary ranger. It sounds very glamorous, but I think it's a kind of a a job that not an awful lot of people would want to take on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's from from Pretorius. I think it's Corp. one of those jobs that. Uh... You don't get really recognized. For no, you don't. They don't. They don't get enough recognition. I mean, it's, it's, they, they like they like a, a volunteer police force, and people people on holiday <laughs> don't like don't like being policed. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah. they do tend to be kind of necessary. <clears throat> As you head off now down towards Numbi Gate, you've got the the grave of Willem Pretorius there. We chatted about him last time. But there's a lovely yes. road that runs from Numbi Gate. The dirt road that runs up north. It's the first, it's the very, very first road. Once you're out of the, out of the gate, um, infrastructure, you swing up left and, um, beautiful road that runs up through there. You come up through past Mestel, Mestel Dam, Mestel Dam. It's old word. They used to get clay out of, out of that area, but you then eventually intersect with the road that's called the S1. And the S1 is the main road that comes in from Pabeni Gate um, and Pabeni Gate through to Kruger. Now, a lot of people use that road. It's called the Doispan Road, the S1. And a lot of people are rather using that road now. There's been a lot of reports of crime and stuff on the Numbi Gate Road. You know, when you're coming in, if you're coming into Kruger from the Nelspreit White River area, you've got to go up the R538 and the first option you've got is to go to Numbi, and it's about a, I don't know, 15, 20 kilometer run to the gate, but it goes through a lot of built up areas. And in the last couple of months, there have been a couple of incidents of stone throwing and cars trying to get hijacked and that kind of stuff, which makes it kind of unpleasant. So the advice is now to keep on going up the yes. view and swing out, and then you go off towards Pabeni Gate. So on, on that, um, Toys Pan Road, you've got Pabeni Gate. And just outside Pabeni Gate, there's a little um, spot called the Albacini Ruins. And we've spoken about Joseph, uh, Joao Albacini before. He was one of those early traders that set up little trading posts. He did a lot of business with the guys on the wagons coming down the escarpment and heading off down to Maputo. There's a whole string of these guys. We chatted about them, I think, last time. And the local Tongas actually appointed, um, gave him the name, the white chief of the Tonga. He married, he eventually wound up marrying a four-tracker lady by the name of Gertina Janssen van Rensburg and settled in, in Skumansdal. And um, Skumansdal at one stage was actually attacked by the, um, the vendor king, Makado. And Makado, Makado, that's the name now given to Louis Trichard. Louis Trichart has now changed to Makadu. Okay. And the Tongas yeah. protected this guy. 
the Tsonga warriors actually looked after this guy. That's, that's, that was his status in the local, in the local community. But the ruins of his, of his, um, old trading store are there. There's a little picking site where you can, after your drive into Kruger, you can actually eat your sandwiches there. And there's a little display case with some of us explaining, explaining who he was and where, sort of how he fitted into the whole thing. There's also a grave there by the name of the guy, the name was Samuel Mavundla. And he spent his entire career serving as a track and a game ranger. And the Kruger, Kruger Park at one stage had a policy that the families of black game rangers could stay at Pabeni. So yeah. after service and during service, the family could stay there. Unfortunately, that policy did get changed in 2000. I don't know why they did that. But Samuel Mavunla is, is buried there along, along with his mother. So, um, but what, what is quite interesting there is on his mother's grave, there is a, what's, what's called a, um, uh, what's a, it's a buffalo thorn. A buffalo thorn tree is growing off her grave. And that, that's one of the. Oh, okay. Practices of the local black community there is that the, 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 the black, uh, the, or the buffalo thorn is believed to carry the spirits of 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 the departed, and um, in the old oh, that's interesting. In the old days, there's even stories of, for example, in the the Zulu community, one of the beliefs is that a person, a stature, or the headman would be buried in the cattle kraal in the middle of the village, and on top of the grave, they would pile buffalo thorn branches with the leaves. And the yeah. belief is that the spirit of the departed would go into the buffalo thorn leaves, and the cattle would graze on them at night. That's also one of the things why cattle are so revered in the Zulu, in the Zulu tradition. But the belief was that the spirit of the departed would go into the buffalo thorn leaves. And sometimes you would actually see, for example, on a bus or a train, somebody with a branch of buffalo thorn, and they would buy a ticket, and the buffalo thorn would travel with them because they're taking the spirit or they're taking the departed back home. Oh, okay. Just, an, just a quite a touching. Sure that is interesting. Yeah. Quite an interesting, interesting thing. Along this road, you go one of Harry Volager's camps as well, a little place called Doispan. And um, this is one of Harry Volager's favorite little spots. So, I mean, if you look at that, I mean, this was his area. The southern section was Harry, Harry Volager's um, stomping grounds. A little bit further along, you've got um, the dirt road that, that bends off that goes up towards the the Sabi River, you've got another another spot called um, Volitas Outspan, and obviously another one of his campsites. But that, that little dirt road now actually gets up to the gate now called the Paul Kruger Gate, and that's becoming a major thoroughfare ah. now. And it's got a huge, huge statue of Paul Kruger um, just as you, as you come over the Sabi River. And I don't know, Paul Kruger, he wasn't, wasn't exactly a handsome guy. 
big beard and <laughs> he, he, he always comes across as kind of grumpy. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this one, this one is also made by, um, Kurt Steinberg, one of our more famous artists and sculptors. And yes. unfortunately, you know, Kruger Park is, is a world icon in nature conservation and in tourism. The entire world knows about the Kruger National Park. There's hashtags and search terms and everybody, the whole world knows about Kruger National Park. And yet we've still got some morons that are calling for a name change. And, um, you know, and the guys, I don't know, they, I don't know. I just wish some of these guys would read the most basic of history books. Because you hear the call, oh no, Kruger, Kruger was an apartheid white imperialist. And you go, guys, whoa, hang on. Where do you even start on the education of this lot? You know? Yeah. <laughs> nothing to do with apartheid, nothing to do with imperialism, nothing to do with anything. But yet, you know, the moron, the morons latch onto something like this. And then they want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, just next to that, there's also what's called the Game Ranger Monument. And it's a, it's again it's quite a quite a touching monument in that the it consists of what they call two lifelines, which is two different walls, and the walls represent firstly the lifelong career they build as guardians of nature, and then the other wall is what they build and their stewardship over nature. Um, that they look after basically for the rest of us. And in the middle of it, there's a little cairn and some plaques to, to the rangers that um, gave their lives in the pursuit of nature conservation and in anti-poaching. So it's, a, it's quite a yes. touching, touching memorial there. And I think we, again, we forget especially these days that being a ranger sometimes is a life and death thing, especially in the war of poaching. Yeah. How many names is on there? Do you know? Uh, that I don't know. I, I, that I, I would have to check for you. So, you know, it's, uh, Again, sort of the un- the unsung heroes. You know, they, again, they always yeah. concentrate on the negatives. When one yes. of the when one of the guys is corrupt or something, that always becomes a huge hoo ha. But they forget about yeah. the ninety nine percent of the guys who are actually the hardworking, real, real guys behind the whole nature conservation thing. Yeah. And there's the salt uh, of the earth guy. Yeah, and there's another another little spot they call the Game Ranger Memorial Tree that's there as well. Um, which is, again, it's one of these memorials. This one is part of the International Ranger Federation. And every 31st of July, there's actually a Game Ranger Day. I don't know. You probably didn't know that. No, I did not <laughs> there's, know. There's an International Game Rangers Day every year on the 1st of July. And then I think we, we end wow. up these, the, the historical side at Kruger by actually going into Skakuza. Now, Kukuza is obviously the headquarters and the main camp of Kruger. And as such, I've always got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it in that it's it's a huge camp. It's busy. They've got a sudden great big hotel that they've built there, you know, a proper 
Alpaca Hotel. To me, hotel doesn't really fit in Kruger, but yet there's obviously yeah. a place for it. It's the headquarters of the park, and it's just it's just huge, and it's busy, and it's noisy. And as such, I I dislike it, and I dislike it because you know you get a, you in one of the accommodation units, you're sitting in your unit and you're staring at the back end of the unit in front of you. You know, the only really there's a couple yeah. of really nice spots. There's a couple of really really nice spots in Kruger, which are the the huts right on the river. You've got the beautiful guest house down on the one side of the, of of the of the camp. Those are absolutely stunning spots. And of course, the advantage is you've got a really, really nice restaurant. You've got a lovely deck that overlooks the river. And there's a lot of stuff that you can see in Kruger. And the first one you get to is the, um, as you get into the gate up against the wall on the, on the reception area is the memorial that commemorates what they call the founder, the founder's memorial. I had that embarrassing moment on podcast number two or three, whatever it was, that I forgot who the hell was on that um, <laughs> <laughs> memorial. I don't know if you remember that. I hit a complete bank. But, I mean, obviously, you got Paul Kruger. you got Paul Kruger in the middle of the thing. you got Pete Krobler. Pete Krobler has got that dam named after him, that big dam up a little bit further north. He was Minister of Lands and basically the main political muscle to establish the Kruger Park. And then, of course, you've got James Stevens and Hamilton. The three of them are um, are commemorated there at at the reception area. Then as you go go down the main road, and there's, there's very little walking that you do in Kruger, you've got the called the Papenfuss Clock Tower. And again, Papenfuss, so this is the only spot that he really pops up in Kruger. And a guy named Herbert Boshoff Papenfuss, also again, again, member of parliament. And he was part of the whole process to establish, um, the Kruger Park. And he served on the board of trustees of the Kruger Park. It's a big clock tower as you go down the main road. Then you get down to the main complex in, in Skakusa. It's the restaurant and it's the library and it's all that kind of stuff down. You've got the, um, Little Heroes Acre. We've chatted about that a good couple of times. That's the yes, the graveyard for all the rangers' dogs. A very touching to walk through that little spot. And um, Volator's dog is buried there as well. The little the little guy who saved him, yes. helped save him from the lions. You got the Stevenson Hamilton Memorial uh, Resource Center and Library and Museum. Which is absolutely it's a stunning, stunning little spot, and that's where the lion skin from Harry's lion is displayed. There's a beautiful library, and in the library there's normally some kind of exhibition. A couple of times I've been in there, they have like the the, the latest photography award winners and that kind of stuff. So it's always worth walking into yes. the library. And then there's, there's a little statue outside there of Stevenson Hamilton as well. If you bother to look for it, there's an old memorial hut there called the W.A. Campbell Museum Hut. And it's one of the oldest rondavel that still exists in Tukuza. That dates back to 1929. And the interesting thing is in, in those years, this guy, Campbell, donated 300 rand to build the hut. That's what it cost to build the hut. Okay. In <laughs> yeah, 1929. 300 bucks. 
And uh, I think if no, you uh, try to build that same hut today, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. No, absolutely. It's in our little museum hut. So you can actually look and walk in there and have a look at this little hut and you sort of go, wow, again, you know, those early tourists. And there's a little spot there that very few people realize when they're standing at the restaurant and they're looking out over the river, just off a little bit to the right is a little thatch roofy thing with a bench underneath it which is the site of the old pontoon there used to be a pontoon across the sabi river or so uh i'm sure that's that kind of kind of would have been interesting with the hippos and crocodiles but it was the only way of getting across the river to go to the northern side of the park uh until the bridge was until the low level bridge was actually constructed and then I think one of the last the little spots we've got here is the old Salati Railway Bridge. When you stand on the main deck at Skakuza, you've got this beautiful view out over the river. And on the right-hand side, as you look in, there's an old railway bridge, big metal construction on top of concrete pillars. And for many, many years, it, it was disused. The railway line did, of course, play a key role in the setting up of the park because it introduced all these different people to the park. And eventually they said, well, we don't want to travel through the park at night. We want to travel through the park during the day to see the animals. And that's what started getting yeah. to realize that this was something something kind of special that they had. And the bridge dates back to 1912. Um, and for many years, nothing happened on it. But very, very recently, they just restored some old train coaches and parked them on the bridge. And it's now a very, very luxury Oh, nice. Accommodation units. I have, have not yet had the privilege of staying there. One of my mates has actually stayed there. They, they splashed out for a night and went and stayed there. And he said it is absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful. Okay. So probably, it's probably worth, worth, worth a visit at some point. But, uh, I think you're going to, you're going to have to fork out some decent money for it. And again, you know, Kruger, you get what you pay for. You got, you get everything from yeah. campsite, campsite to, Basic hut to hut with no no bathroom, hut with bathroom, luxury, luxury. hut, guest house, and then you've got the couple of these luxury spots as well. But I think that, that covers, I think, all the historical spots that are open to to be visited in Kruger. And I hope that this has given everybody just a slightly new aspect to these visits and not just roll down the window with the NFL use comment. You know, the single-minded pursuit of lions only. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I always find a bit strange. And hopefully this adds a whole new aspect and a whole new dimension to the park. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think that, that one, that's a wrap. Yeah, well, I think we can wrap this one up. Awesome. Yes. And, and then I'll have to think of some other aspects of Kruger to carry on because there's definitely a lot more we can still discuss on Kruger. And the Kruger Park podcasts are the ones that really do well. The top of the top six podcasts, four of them or five of them are Kruger. So people yes, really yes. enjoy the Kruger Park stuff. Oh, awesome. You know, that's, uh, that was an awesome one. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with some more. Great stuff, guys. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.